0: Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the studio today is Steve Allen Global, or worldwide chairman and CEO.
1: Good afternoon. Good afternoon.
0: You were appointed as Mediacom worldwide chairman and CEO in August 2008, where you were previously CEO of Group M in the UK. And prior to that, you led Mediacom UK as its CEO. During your tenure, you quadrupled our, our billings to become the first UK one billion media agency, and uh, catapulted the agency's ranking from sixth to first position. You were also voted media. We were also voted media agency of the year, um, and we were also recognised by the Sunday Times as one of the top 100 companies to work for. In December 2008, you were voted Campaign Media Achiever of the Year. And in 2009, the Mediacom Network was the first ever network to have been presented with two global awards, the M&M Agency Network of the Year and the Festival of Media Agency Network of the Year.
1: Very good.
2: So, Steve, you and I have been working together since 1990, and uh, when I first started working with you, you were a new business director, so I had a pretty good idea of what you did then. I, d- I don't see as much of you now. So what does a global CEO do day to day?
1: Well, Sue, I spend a lot of time in the air, that's for sure. Uh, A lot of time traveling, but uh, hopefully with always a purpose. Uh, What do I do? I I think I could probably divide it up into a a few different kind of areas. I think first and foremost, people. Uh, I spend a lot of time, and that's, I mean, with our people. Yeah. Uh, and we talk, as you know, Sue, about people first, better results. And mm. I really do, I really do mean that. That's not just some kind of mantra on a business card. It's something I passionately believe and always have and always will. Uh, so a lot of time with people, uh, then a lot of time with clients. Mm. Uh, I think that's really important. Uh, I mean, just staying tuned to what we're doing with our clients, what they need, what we're missing, what we could do better. I think if you don't talk to your customers, then your product uh, could end up being the wrong product. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the new business thing, yeah, uh, which is when you first met yeah. me. That never, that never really leaves. That's yeah. a bit of a uh, a drug for me, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and keeps me very stimulated and motivated. So new business, but I, I, I mean, I think the thing that glues all of those areas together, the one overarching thing, which for me is my continuing quest, uh, is to get us working as a one media com. Okay. Uh, and I think and whether that means all of us working as one team of people mm-hmm. uh, or more often, which is a uh, big, big goal of mine. And I, I, ne- I never feel like so. I've quite got there, which is to really kind of drive the benefits of having a network for our clients, which mm-hmm. is, you know, we talk about share and reapplying. Yep. Uh, or put more simply, you know, seeing something smart in one market yep. and doing it again in another. Mm-hmm. And I think we're getting better and better at it. But still, in my view, room further to go.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: On a personal
1: level, how do you
0: improve and stay on top of your game? Communication. Uh, do people call you ASD? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like my surname. Everyone thinks I'm going to be quite really right. posh. Quite cool. yeah. Okay, so thank Okay,
1: so ASD. ASD, okay. Uh, communication, what I mean by that is... Uh, Uh, staying on top of things which means talking to people talking to the people that i work with i mean we've got uh i think a well-designed structure uh but talking through and with those people and as i said before with clients to know what's going on i'm interested i want to know and i think uh yeah i I think that's how you stay on top of your game i don't think there's any other way of doing that
0: do you curate who you speak to or do you just do you are you very open and will speak to everybody
1: uh I, I hope, I hope everyone would say who's listening that I, I will always respond to anyone, any level in the company who, Allen at com, by the way. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with, with a PH. With a PH, yeah, an which an I AM, uh, <laughs> But, uh, no, I, 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 I'm interested in what people have to say. I, I really am. I, I want to learn from people. Uh, I'm interested. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, going back to... Uh, staying on top of your game i think that's what you have to do and i think you need huge amounts of energy certainly in in this job yeah for sure
2: so um interested curious great attributes of success what else what overall do you attribute your success to steve Persistence.
1: absolute yeah
2: keeping going
1: persistence uh never being satisfied uh my wife always says that she says you're never happy with what you got yeah it's probably true i always want to do better, I mean, for myself, but... You're obviously quite them. happy with Hayley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting... Yeah, yes, no, right. I, I've done as Apparently, I've punched above my weight there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I, I think, actually, you know, when people talk about success, I mean, people will give you lots of different yeah. reasons for that. But I would say, for me, uh, never being complacent, persistent, sometimes patience as well, mm. because to do things right can take time. And I have probably got and so you will know this mm. i've got huge amounts of ocd at times mm. you know i'm obsessive mm. uh, and and you know detail I, i'm not sure it's so much the detail but sometimes it's it's the small things that yep. that count yeah and thinking about those small things can make the big the small things can make the big difference
2: So persistence, attention to detail, and if you get knocked down, you get back up again.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you've got, oh, my God, you've got to have a really, I mean, we all do. You've got to have a thick skin. And sometimes, uh, again, I know this is a bit of a cliche, but uh, you need, I'm not saying you need or anyone wants to lose, but what you have to do is is learn from those losses uh, to be better the next time. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: what makes Uh, you better. Yeah, great. So on the persistence thing, though, is there? When do you know when not to be persistent? When do you know when to stop, or are you persistent with everything? Or do you make the right decision I'm in the, irritatingly the beginning? Irritatingly persistent. Are you just everything. <laughs>
1: uh, and I, 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 I am, but and I ask. Uh, do you know? I remember as a kid in school, I was really that annoying child in the classroom, probably who used to just ask too many questions. Mm. And I don't think that's ever stopped. And I know Nick Lawson will always talk about this. He said, if, if you send an email to steve just be ready for the fact that you're going to get three questions back and then you're going to answer and then he'll give you another three questions but that i go because i'm interested and because actually i'm bothered because you care and because i care yeah
0: fantastic so one of the tools my boss uh, helen bell gives to me is is the five whys so we don't have to do them all but i'll ask you what's been your biggest motivation to get to the top i'll take your answer then i'll ask you why in the same way that you ask questions back, I'm going to ask you why. Okay. Up to That's five fair times enough. to That's get, fair enough, get, get you, to the root cause. Uh,
1: biggest motivation to get to the top. Uh, well, I think you... Do, do you mean... I just want to just clarify. I'm going to no. ask you a question. Do you mean motivation <laughs> to the top for myself personally, or do you mean for Mediacom?
0: I mean for you personally. So when you wake up and thought, I want to be the global CEO, okay. what, did, what drove you to get there? Okay.
1: Okay. I think... Uh, I suppose the underlying theme is ambition. You start with ambition, and when I was just after I'd started in in this industry, so I started qu- quite young. Uh, I went what does "quite young" from, mean? Well, I, I went straight from school, so I was eighteen years old, and I made a, 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 t- a decision. It was my de- I had a choice at least, but I made the choice not to pursue further education and go to university but mainly because I knew what I wanted to do and most people most kids I would say 18 aren't really so clear about Mm. that for me I was very fortunate so knowing what I wanted to do I got into this industry which wasn't easy uh, and quite early on I'm, I'm not saying in in year one but certainly by year two or three I had in my mind a really clear path I know it sounds a bit hard to believe mm. but I genuinely set myself milestones mm. and I decided by the age of 25 I wanted to do this by the age of 30 I, I mean I literally mm. I ran out of 50 actually <laughs> so I, interesting I, I need to start thinking about yeah. some new uh, the next milestones. 25 years yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, but uh, so I think that was the first thing having a kind of uh, a, a career plan mm. and some goals uh, which you could summarise in the word, word ambition was and is important uh, I think that go, what goes with that, as you become older, there are material things that go with it. So you want security. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all want to have somewhere to live and we want to have a car to drive. But that was really only to a point. And I think what really kicked in from a very early age for me and remains until today is a, and it can be terrible, uh, a terrible competitive streak. Yep. Uh, and sometimes I probably take that too far. Do You know, I was thinking yesterday. This is a, this is a terrible thing, but mm. I, when I get off an aeroplane, I ha- the plane that I got off yesterday, yeah. I arrived back from Australia, yeah. and I happened to be the first guy off the aeroplane yeah. out the door. And there was that you know that long walk that you make yeah, from yeah, the aeroplane yeah, to the baggage yeah, hall yeah, and the immigration yeah. and whatever. And as I'm walking along, there's a guy behind me, <laughs> yeah. and I can feel his shadow behind yeah. me, and he's about to he's overtake up. me. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and I literally, it's, it's a weird thing, but it's like, no, you're not overtaking yeah, yeah. me. So I now start to walk. A even bit after this long flight, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm actually thinking, what difference does it make yeah. if I go through yeah, that yeah. immigration uh, desk second yeah. rather than first? Yeah, but no, I keep, I keep, I kept yeah. walking faster because I just didn't want that guy to overtake me. And I think. That, you, Everything that I do, and I, I say, I, I, I'm not saying to all the people listening that's always the right or the best thing. I mean, it can even, for me, come down to, if I go away on holiday with friends, it becomes a competition whose bag's going to come off the conveyor. <laughs> yep. First. I mean, I'll literally make that into a competition. No, I understand. Uh, so I think it's just something that is in some people's DNA, maybe not in others. I'm not always saying that that is the best or the right thing, but I think in terms of... Uh, uh, Motivation. I, I th- winning. I, uh, it's not an outside force. It's something from the inside out, rather than the outside in. Winning. Well, I think winning. That's Exactly, so.
0: Arsene Wenger said there's two types of people, at least footballers that he sees. There's people who like to win, and they're often the strikers or the attackers. People who don't like to lose, and they're often and the, the defensive stuff. So, yeah. you need a mix. Yeah, and I figure yeah. we we know exactly which which. Uh, C- can area I
1: just I just want uh, I just want to kind of say something for the uh, the people listening. Uh, Colleagues, because actually, the the only thing I would say is that in any, and I, you know, I'm quite well known for using football and team sports analogies. But the only thing I would say, uh, and whether it's a a football team or any anything, uh, you need the people at the back as well as at the front, because one doesn't work with the other. And it's the same even with a new business pitch. So sometimes it's the guy who's at the front of the room, maybe he's the one who gets the round of applause at the end of the meeting or whatever. But I'm telling you, and I know this for sure, that it's just as important to have the people working behind the scenes uh, to help, if you like, all towards that one goal. And it's the same in an agency. So from the minute that someone walks here into Theobalds Road in London, you know, that first impression they're going to get from our greeters and reception is just as important, sometimes even, dare I say, more important than what then follows. And yeah. and
2: I would say that I learnt that from you. I don't think I understood that until I started working with you. And 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 I and I know how true it is. But also I know how much you mean. You yeah. mean that? How do you? Did you have more <clears throat> whys, or was that a good enough answer? Well, no, that you, was a pretty sort of good answer. You went through them. You went through that's all right, of the wise already. Okay. okay. So um, how do you find an, a time to do anything apart from work?
1: Ah, ah, oh, that's easy. You, what you do is you elongate the day. Okay. So, more than twenty-four and, hours. Average, well. <laughs> An average person's day is yeah. about 16 or 17 hours yeah. on the basis that you sleep for seven or eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I sleep for four hours.
2: Okay. So what I do really?
1: is I, uh, that extends my day by an extra four hours. Still not enough hours in the day to do the things for myself that you refer to because I, I, I think in reality, in a global role, you are always on.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and at any moment in time in the day or night, there is a Mediacom open somewhere for business. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I... Uh, it's interesting because when I'm in the uh, in Europe, I st- still tend to live on on uh, American time. Uh, so consequently, as many people in Mediacom will tell you, I, I am known as the vampire, which basically means you can send me an email day or night, and the chances are, unless it's in that four-hour window, <laughs> you yeah. will get a reply, and... Yeah, I mean, listen, the the, the, week, the days and the weeks aren't long enough. Uh, I don't have time to do all the things that I would love to do. Uh, and again, I, I, I'm not advocating this for no. our colleagues. In no. fact, I, when I was in Australia earlier this week yeah. talking to uh, our teams there, that very question came up and I actually said I think that one of the most important things... For a, a happy working life, mm. is to have work-life balance, mm. and I think it's critical for everyone to mm. have something outside of work, whether that is friends, family, partners, interests, hobbies, mm. all of that. Mm. I think that's really important uh, because, other than giving you added dimensions and views on life, I think you need to come back to your work sometimes with a fresh mind and a mm. fresh point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm not the best advert if you like for work-life balance but still family uh and things outside of work golf. Golf, of golf I would love to play more I promise you I would love to play more but you mm. know it's it's one of those things that takes too long uh
2: and then we said we wouldn't mention the football
1: yeah and mention. and I also have I I also refer to my night job I talk about my day job and my yeah. night job but they're all the same but my night job is uh, a children's charity yeah that uh I was part of a team of people that started 13 years ago it's called raise a sunshine sure. i love it mm. uh, we do amazing wishes for kids that have serious very serious or terminal illnesses mm. uh, and we just make amazing things happen for these children and you know probably most of the very little but spare time that i do find yeah I, I will fit that into it and do the things that i can do for them
2: Really.
0: This was one of the most just because this was by far and away the most popular question about how do you find the time in the day? Um, mm-hmm. it, do you ever feel? Do you ever get up and just go? I'm tired. I just <laughs> want to suck it in. I want an easier life because you must be able to do that. Is it? Do you ever feel that or is, is that competitive? Yes, streak? this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I,
1: no, this morning. I, I, I literally I came back yesterday from Australia. I mean, it's, it, what I don't know what it was. Twenty two hours to get back. Yeah. Uh, I when, when I got off the the plane, you know the Inbox was full, yeah. you know, of 24 hours worth or 22 hours worth of emails, phone calls to return. Uh, I had my usual four hours sleep. Mm. No, I, I'm quite lucky, I don't really suffer from uh, jet lag. But uh, this morning I had to get up, I had a very early morning breakfast. And it was one of those mornings where I thought, God damn, <laughs> I could do without this. And I did sort of, you know, peel myself off the sheet. Uh, but once I, I'm up, and I, I get going. I'm, I'm happy, and I, I love what I do. I was going so to
2: say, do you still love it, don't you?
1: I love what I do, yeah. and I think you know. And you
2: loved it 25 years ago, uh, and you love it now.
1: And it's a single. You know, I don't, maybe you're going to come on or ask me something about that. But uh, whenever a uh, someone starting out in their career asks me uh, a question in terms of what they should do, yeah, or if they have a couple of options between A and B you know, which might be better for them. I always say the same thing. Uh, find something that you're passionate about, something that you think you're going to enjoy. And the chances are, if you, are, if you enjoy it and you're passionate, you will do it better. Mm. And if you do something better, then all the other things, success and mm. uh, whatever else, should follow. Uh, so I really it's a really important point. So, I'm sorry,
0: uh, this is such yeah, a fascinating go. point. I see twice as much as you. Do I have no ch- Do I have half a chance of becoming global CEO oh, cause now? You, cause you have
2: because you do get eight hours sleep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can train myself. I'm sure to get four hours, but I I can't right now. Does that mm-hmm. Does that mean I can't be CEO? No,
1: no, not at all. Because there's every possibility uh, that you could do things twice as fast as me. I might just be slow.
0: <laughs>
2: you, might, uh, you might get more done in the hours you're on.
1: This is
0: true. Um, the final question from your personal questions were: What's the next big push for Mediacom? Is it the emerging markets?
1: Uh, well, I think, uh, over, I mean, in, in terms of markets, uh, I mean, there's some interesting new markets on our horizon. I mean, everything from Cuba mm-hmm. that's opening up, uh, Iran, uh, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I mean, things are changing there very fast, and it is it is a big market, and we'll have to see. Uh, and I think North Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, you know, with Mediacom, we've had some success there. Uh, yep. We won uh, Coca-Cola business, a number of the African markets. But if you think about... Uh, You know, the size of population there, I mean, it will continue to grow into a bigger consumer economy. Mm. Uh, Mobile already, I mean, absolutely huge in in, in that nation and that continent. So, yeah, I mean, uh, those are kind of some of the developing ones. But I think in the meantime, we still remain very focused on our our markets that we are already pushing very hard. So, I mean, North America for us and uh, certainly the U.S., uh, we've had a lot of focus on that agency of the year in 2015. Uh, The numbers are huge in America, everyone knows that. It's the home of many of the world's leading and global advertisers. So for all of those reasons, we're gonna continue to push there. Uh, I think in Asia, uh, so in Asia, if you think about where we were, I mean, when I came into this in 2008, we were established in Asia, but small. Uh, Now today, we're the third largest network in Asia, uh, we have real strength in key markets from China or Australia, India, but Southeast Asia. I mean, you know, really, I mean, we won a lot of business from P&G and Coca-Cola, many other clients yeah. of ours. And these are huge, you know, Vietnam, these are all countries with populations of over 100 million people. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of work still for us to be done there. And I think it's not only are they growing economies, but we will continue to look for greater share of those markets. And I think South America, I mean, South America now is where we probably were four or five years ago in Asia. So we've made our impact. Uh, we have momentum. Uh, in Asia, uh, in South America, we are sort of climbing into a sort of top five position. In Mexico, uh, what, last year we won the Modelo, which is AB InBev uh, business and Coca-Cola business. I mean, these are both brands spending almost $100 million just in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really exciting, and we've uh, widened and deepened our footprint in that, in that region, uh, Uruguay being one of our latest offices to open, Peru uh, a year and, year and a half ago, Colombia three years ago, so that's quite exciting. Uh,
2: and in the UK, where we are the biggest, mm-hmm. what's your focus for us?
1: Well, I, you know, it's, uh, I was asked a question. Yeah. Uh, I think I was in uh, Tokyo, uh, week before last, and they asked me a question. They said, "What was the thing that I was most proud of?" Mm. And my answer to that was, I, I was really proud when we, uh, going back to my local job, uh, when I was yes running the UK to become the number one agency. Uh, I'm very proud about lots of things that we've all achieved. Mm. But for me, one of the proudest things was the fact that I could look back now uh, 15 years later, Mm. and we're still number one in the UK. And I would say that the mark of a great agency is an agency, just like a football team, Mm. that uh, continues to perform and remains top of its game. You know, you get a football team that kinda of wins yep. one season then you don't hear from them again, that's not a great team. Yeah. Uh and I think that's just the same for an agency. So I think, you know, we can't be complacent. I think every year you treat like a new season. Yeah. As if you're starting all over again. It's not Absolutely. just following on from last year. Yeah. yeah
2: that's absolutely we're only a little bit short of time aren't we we are because, in short of time so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead
1: well, okay. I, just, I, I didn't hear
0: Mediacom Wales in any of that conversation okay, so okay. I'm just <laughs> disappointed sorry. there
2: I'm, I'm looking for a Swansea launch but,
0: um, <laughs> do you think
1: there's an opportunity there have we missed something
0: I, I've done the research there's a hundred companies with their headquarters but they're not they're certainly not spending a hundred million dollars yeah, close in Bristol <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's the biggest mistake you have made in your career that you would like to share I don't with
1: think, us today? I don't think okay I can I don't think there's one... I mean, I've made hundreds of mistakes. I I wouldn't pretend for one second that I haven't. I think, generically, I would say if we had gone a bit faster in digital, Mm -hmm. uh, then... But I think everyone perhaps might say that with hindsight, and hindsight is easy. But when I look back on it, I don't think we fully... Did did we fully appreciate the impact in the early, early days of yahoo and email did we really then understand truly what it was going to mean i, I i'm not sure, sure we did uh
2: i i i i think we possibly waited for it to have scale and impact and that's not necessarily a bad thing either so i think okay. we might not have splashed cash on okay. stuff that wasn't relevant okay so can i mean, think it's arguable yeah, yeah. can i
0: say that that's a mediacon question what's what's your yeah your personal biggest mistake
1: Oh, personal biggest mistake I've got.
2: Agreeing to do that? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's a joke. (laughs) Because you're being brilliant.
1: I'm going to come back to that okay i, I promise you I'll, I no, wanna, no, no, i'm not ignoring I'm interested. it i'm gonna i want to make sure i give you the, okay. the best answer i can
0: um so one of the things i keep on my desk are these these it's a toolkit for careers there's 100 questions now you, we haven't prepared you for this but uh if you would okay. listened to the first one you would do you would have heard <laughs> it um so pick one of these so we, questions so we don't know what they are we don't know what these are these are questions some of them uh if you'd like to read it and answer it please steve
1: What person or influence might be distorting your ambitions in an unhelpful direction?
2: Wow. I'm not sure I understand that.
1: Yeah. Right? I'm not sure I understand that. Should we pick another one? Yeah. So for I don't that's so a I bit, not <laughs> a bit Not, not <laughs> double yeah. negative. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Let's find it easier. Yeah. Easy one to understand, not necessarily. Okay,
1: that's good. Hmm. Uh, you are tasked with reducing suffering in the world. Where do you start? Okay.
0: So we know you have your charity.
1: Okay. Uh, setting aside, I, I shouldn't set aside my charity. No, of course but, not. I mean, yeah. we're doing a good You're job there. That, but yeah. like, I think the one thing that I can't bear to see, I really can't bear to see, are homeless people. Mm. I think that, uh, and it was, you, do you know what's really interesting? So I, I mentioned before I was in uh, Japan yeah. uh, last week before last. And there was this uh, local guy who was, uh, he was driving me around actually, and I, I, we were talking about Japan, and he said to me, I asked him about poverty in Japan, mm-hmm. and, and he said to me, in Japan, the, uh, they don't really have a huge Poverty gap. In other words, everyone sort of is in the middle class. I mean, Mm -hmm. of course, you've got well-to-do people. He said there's no one in Japan who sleeps on the street. Wow. Uh, They all earn pretty good money. They have a good life. And it's the reason why in Japan there's barely anyone in jail and crime is really low. So it's not like they operate martial law or anything like that. But you've got contentment, mm. and with contentment, mm. crime mm-hmm. goes down. And and I so I would I would say closing that gap that yeah, gap that, actually I mean, helps in many other ways. So you take homeless people off streets, uh, you uh, remove from the world if you can hunger
0: mm-hmm. and
1: suffering, mm. uh, which I think then doesn't eradicate but no. would reduce crime, yeah. which then has obviously yeah. other good consequences. That's that's what I would take, feed the people very, on the street. Very good. Thank you,
0: Steve. Final question: If you could change MediaCom in one way, what would it be?
1: Uh, it's not so much a change, but if there's one thing that I could do, I would love to give every single person that works in MediaCom, so we've got seven thousand people, uh, a, uh, a share of this business. A direct share of this business, rather than potentially WP, an indirect share, but a direct share and ownership in our business. Why? Because I think uh, because I think having a, a kind of direct correlation of ownership, skin in the game, and shareholding uh, is nothing quite the same. We we have run out of time. Okay.
0: Would you like to answer your biggest mistake, or you? Um Doing this interview. (laughs) Doing this interview, there we go. Um, So, Stephen Allen, Mediacom Worldwide Chairman and CEO, thank you very much for your time. Thank you,
1: ASD, and thank you, Sue. That was good fun. Good. Thank you very much. See you
0: later. After we finished recording this episode of Connected, and as we were back at the studio, we were chatting about the questions that we missed in setting up a Part 2 podcast. One of the questions that we missed was the five objects in a circle to raise Steve as a genie question and we managed to record this fascinating story that Steve told us about Sailor's Ribbon and its part in his family's and world history enjoy
1: my grandfather was uh, in a concentration camp in, he was in Buchenwald and my grandmother tried to I don't know how it came out she met a German officer and, she's, and the German officer would you like your husband to come out of the concentration camp and she said well course what do i have to do and he said you need to go down to this uh, shipping line buy return tickets to cuba interesting cuba and uh, and get visas and go set sail and leave the country so she did all of that and they delivered on the promise uh, my grandfather came out of buchenwald which is like unheard of uh, and they got on this boat and they went and the, the boat was a luxury liner, mm. by which point, whatever they did have had already been stolen and confiscated from them. So they literally had nothing, went on this boat penniless almost, spent their last penny on it. And on the boat, my father, he was like nine years old, but was befriended by one of the sailors mm. who gave him the ribbon. And this is photos in all the museums, if you go in Washington, the yeah. Imperial, there's a picture of my father standing there with his sailor. I- no idea. No. and would I not make like this? They so, anyway, the boat, this is a very long story. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the boat ended up in in the port of Havana in Cuba, and it turned out that the uh, visas were not valid. They were. Right. It was a con. Mm-hmm. So, after two weeks of negotiation, they weren't allowed to come on shore, mm-hmm. and they decided they would set sail to Florida, right. which is very near. Uh, Cuba, yeah. Miami, and then when they got to Miami uh, Roosevelt who was the president and all the governments there said look we 're not going to take it. you in we 've got a Jewish quota the Jewish quota has been filled uh, so, we can't now, yeah. so we can 't help you yeah so we can 't help you so at which point uh, the captain of the boats are well you know we're going to have to go back to Germany now you' on some why return tickets boat yeah. Yeah. and uh they started to turn the boat around and set sail, and there was a lot of panic on the boat. People started mm-hmm. committing suicide and Jump. jumping over. And they formed a passenger committee, which my grandfather was part of, uh, and the captain turned out to be a really good man on the ship. On the on the ship, and he it, they hatched a plan that they were going to run the boat aground at Beachy Head yeah. in England. Yeah. Uh, but as it happens, whilst when they started sailing back, four countries, which was Belgium, Holland. England and France agreed to take each 250 of the 1,000 passengers wow. And, but what was happening is at the point, this went on for months by now war had broken out, this yeah. was in 1939, yeah. so they were the last people to escape Germany, it was literally the last boat out and Goebbels, it yeah. turned out when you read the book and the film you understand what really happened, the whole thing was a propaganda trick right. so they anticipated that and what Germany did was they ran all these headlines in their press saying no one wants the Jews.
2: We're being oh, I see no one wants the
1: Jews, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't want them, but look, America no didn't want them, they know. didn't want them, right? So that anyway, uh, my my family got off in Belgium and then quickly got to, to England boys but all the passengers that stayed in Belgium and France and Holland, I think eighty five percent of them. Got killed, I mean, because yeah. by now yes, Germans had invaded, were, we're catching up, and uh, anyway, so that was the. I didn't know
2: that story.
1: So I've got this ribbon and all these pictures from this boat. Extraordinary there man. you go.